right back though. what we want to accomplish we're trying to build the championship freaking football team right now come on i'm gonna show you how great i am First and foremost, because there's not going to be a whole lot of congratulating football teams in this episode, uh, I want to first congratulate Ash Ketchum for finally becoming the champion of Pokemon after 25 long, hard years. Mm-hmm. Ash Ketchum is the very best. So everyone, you know, let's give a... Let's give Ash a round of applause here. And, you know, it. I think the moral of the story here is um, never give up on your dreams, folks. Ash might have never have aged a day somehow, but after 25 years, he have finally accomplished his dream. So never give up, folks. It might take 25 years, but you can do it too as yeah. long as you don't age. And you can just abandon all real adult responsibility. You might be able to achieve your dreams. Um, so, so yeah, you know, let's start off this episode with a little bit of positivity, and that is uh, episode twelve of Fans of the Weast with your hosts, Durf and Dylan. I just saw Syracuse is getting their cheeks clapped by Colgate, so that's going fantastic. All of our teams are just losing this week. It's just it's just a losing spree. We started off strong Sunday morning with a loss by the Seahawks to the Bucks. And then we went and screamed our heads off for four hours and just lost and had the Bills lose to the Vikings, all of that for nothing. I'm still at only like eighty percent for my voice, as you can probably mm-hmm. hear. Um and then the Eagles, you know. My parents are Eagles fans. I grew up an Eagles fan before I made the switch. They lose, and their undefeated season is over. And now Syracuse is losing. I'm pretty sure the Sabres lost yesterday as well, and they're currently losing to the Canucks. Can we just get someone to win something? <laughs> I mean, two of my teams have been winning besides the Bills. So, Oh, have the Celtics been playing well? Yeah, they uh I forget who they played the other day. I don't think they played the Thunder. Well, that's that's pretty before. easy one. Um, but then like Penn State, uh-huh. you know, took it to uh, 
Maryland on Saturday, one thirty zero. So took it to them. Yeah, thirty yeah. to nothing. Okay. So so all the winning is over there on the Durf side of the table. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, well that okay. it happens. It happens. I mean, to be fair, I think I just exchanged my like my team's winning for me winning personally. Because I went four for four no, yeah. on my bets this weekend, mm-hmm. so I mean, I guess I sacrificed, you know, my team's winning for just me winning money. I, I guess right. that's just how it's going to be from here on out. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I got money to make. Ah, just going to have to take the L. Oh, uh, hey, we have an unofficial sponsor here. Yeah, uh, buddy. Real quick, uh, this week's unofficial sponsor is going to be toothpicks. Good old fashioned toothpicks. Great for chewing on, uh, hitting the small button on your electronic devices that like do the hard reset on them that you can't really reach, uh, flinging them at people until you know you hit one in the eye and now you have thousands of dollars in damages that you have to pay for. But it's still a lot of fun. Um, I don't think I've ever used one to actually pick something out of my teeth, which mm-hmm. I assume is their intended purpose, which is you know tooth picking. Uh, but they're still great. God bless them. Uh, thank you for existing toothpicks. Yeah, I think I might have used one once. Oh, to act for like its intended purpose or just yeah. in general? Oh, okay. Uh, for its intended purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, though, I think, you know, to run along the lines here, electronic things that, you know, electronic devices that, you know, you use the, the toothpick for uh, like a hard reset. Um any iPhone user that has a lightning charging cable, which most of them are now, uh, it, a toothpick is great for cleaning up the charging port on your phone. Because if you know if you have it in your pocket a lot, you know that's a lot of lint that can get in there, which you know, which isn't hard for me. Um, so like you know, every other month or so, you know, I take a little toothpick, go in there and scrape out the lint, and uh, then I get a nice clean. Clean, crisp uh, lock when I plug my phone in at night. I think I might have to do that. I'm going to go get me a toothpick and do that. There you go. Just because that's this week's unofficial sponsor, I'm going to go out of my way, find a toothpick, and uh, we'll celebrate. We'll celebrate toothpicks. (laughs) Um, If there's an actual toothpick maker out there who wants to be a real sponsor, just hit us up. You know our number. Actually, you don't. We'll find you. Our lawyers will call your lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> slide into our dms on, t- on twitter <laughs> there you go at durf and dylan on twitter tiktok youtube and anywhere that you would so desire finding finding us on social media uh let's jump into some football now shall we get all the other fun stuff out of the way let's get to the more depressing things um we have our bills and seahawks top headlines of the week uh Main point here for the Seahawks entering a bye week is no one's really discussing football at the moment since we're heading into a bye week. There's nothing to really look forward to. No mm. major injuries coming out of the game in Germany. So what do we need to discuss? What are we going to do with Geno Smith? I mean, we're not really getting any answers. You know, we're going to get the boring, stupid, safe answers from Pete Carroll and John Snyder and all those folks. What are you going to do with Geno Smith? Are you going to extend him? What's the plan here? You're going to draft a quarterback? They're just going to look at you and go, we'll deal with it after the season, which is what you're expecting them to say. But the question is very real. The Seahawks might have lost to the Bucs, but Geno Smith once again had an over 70% completion percentage. Uh, He ran the ball well. He only had the one fumble. It was bad timing fumble, but only the one fumble. He still threw two more touchdown passes. He played good. And he just continues to play well. So everyone has to ask the question, is he going to get extended? Uh, Are they going to let him go out in free agency and get a massive contract? We'll never know the answer. But it is a discussion worth having because right now, I don't have the answer. I literally am going to need to see 17-plus games out of Geno Smith. This entire, like, meaning if they make the playoffs or not. I'm going to need to see 17 games minimum out of Geno Smith before I make a decision. If he could play this entire season doing what he's doing, why not re-sign him? But if he fades, falters, 
he finishes on a five-game losing streak where he, like, doesn't even throw a touchdown pass or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we were waiting for. Yep, got to let him go. So, uh, but that's that's what everyone's talking about. You know, you got to have a headline heading, heading into the bye week, and that's the one that we're choosing. Yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not an unreasonable headline for the Seahawks for sure. No, not at all. I definitely get it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think we talked about this last week. But I think the Seahawks and the Bucks are the the first two teams actually to take the bye week after uh, playing overseas. I feel like most of the teams this year so far have played the next week. Really. Um, yeah, I thought that was like an NFLPA rule that you had to take a bye week after a international game. No, I think this year or maybe last year they made it optional. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I think once they were figuring out that, you know, figuring out the kind of logistics and you know on a regular basis for playing overseas, they were like, oh yeah, you guys actually don't need a whole week extra week off between games, based on what we're seeing. So. It's up to the, it's up to the organization to do that. I mean, it's a good time for them too. I mean, we're heading. I mean, we're heading into week eleven. It's a good time for a bye right. week. It's not a bad time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what what are we looking at for the Bills headlines? I feel like there's a couple, um, so you got, you got a couple to choose from. I think <laughs> there is probably a couple. Um, I think the big one that's probably been talked about a lot. Um, maybe not, much, maybe not as much as, as some other topics, but we'll uh, we'll leave those topics for later in the game, or later in the show here. Um, but the Bills' second half scoring has clearly been talked about. Um, it's not good. Uh, it's not really, really, really not good. Um, three whole field goals has been their second half since the bye week. And it's pretty pitiful. Can't like what? What's what do you always see? Like the you, you always see it in the locker rooms after a team has like a comeback win. They're like, "Can you win in the first quarter? No. Can you win in the second quarter? No. Right. Can you win a game in the fourth quarter?" And the Bills are like, "Yes, but we didn't." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Something that the Bills clearly need to work on. Um, it it seems like it's been kind of a flip in the uh, you know, a change in the rules this, this season since the bye week, where the Bills' offense kind of kept doing its thing throughout the entire game, all four quarters, but then like the Bills' defense locked teams down in the second half, and now it's kind of the other way around. The Bills can't score in the second half, and the defense lets the other teams come back, and either get close to winning the game or take the lead and possibly win the game. So. It's not great. <clears throat> I mean, it's not even just the scoring for the offense. It's just the turnovers, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just been an offensive collapse. And I think I saw, at least from this past week's game, uh, they mm-hmm. showed the rush, the rushing statistics between the first half and the second half. And, like, the first half, Singletary got, like, four or five carries, whatever it was. Uh, Cook got, like, two, um, none for Hines. And then they show the second half, and it was like Singletary had one carry, Cook zero, Hines zero. Like they didn't run right. the ball literally at all. Mm. I don't, and we say this yep. every week, like one of the matchups or another point. Like it's just uh, every single week, one of your points is 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 the offense going to get more balanced? And the answer is always right. no. And mm. it's caught. Co- I think personally, it's costing them games. That if you had the point. Yeah. There's a lot of finger pointing you can do. But I think the number one thing that Bills fans can't forget is there's no running offense. There's no rushing offense. Play calling is atrocious. Right. Whether it's the running back's fault or the play caller's fault, they're not eating clock. They're not getting first downs with the football. They're just mm-hmm. not utilizing a second half, half offense at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can go into it maybe a little more during we do the game recap. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, no, not a good point there for sure. Yeah, no points in the second half for the Bills. Going to be an issue moving forward always. Um, and since, you know, the Seahawks have a bye week coming up, if you want to lead off with uh, our Week 10 game from the Bills, and then we'll go oh, Hawks, yeah. and then we'll finish Bills. How's that sound? That, that sounds great to me. I love it. So we can continue our talking of how terrible this Bills offense is. Um, second half offense. Talking, second half, yes. Well, clear. could be all in general. Um, there was some first half struggles, I think. They worked through them. Yeah. But there was some opportunity there for sure. Um, all right. So the Vikings came to Buffalo. Um, me, you, and our buddy Matt were all there in attendance, in, in attendance on that cold day. Um, it was a little brisk. Just a, just a touch, you know. It was a little windy, some snow yeah. here and there. Yeah, we had some uh, some good snow during the game. That was a lot of fun. Um, game went into overtime, and unfortunately, the Vikings took the game thirty-three to thirty. After Josh Allen throws his second interception, this one in the red zone, right to Patrick Peterson. When he was trying to hit Gabriel Davis in the end zone, threw it behind him, and Patrick Peterson, you know, was opportunistic and jumped the route and uh, secured the Vikings win. So, I've watched that interception like fifty times, <laughs> and like I still just don't know what Josh was seeing because, like you just said, the ball was behind him. It right. would have came, it would have came up short. It like the pass was just off. even if Patrick Peterson isn't there, that pass is just like going straight into the dirt at Diggs' feet. Like I don't like Davis probably could have stopped or Davis, sorry, and leaned back and caught the ball if Patrick Peterson's not there. But that's a play where Allen's got to lead him. He's got to lead Davis into the end zone because the way it opened up there, if he if Allen times it correctly and has the lead on the, the throw, that's right into Gabe Davis's hand and that's touchdown for the Bills to win the game. So lots of heart heartbreak, shock, and then stuck in traffic for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just sitting there depressed and you're drunk and hung over at the same time and your throat hurts and it's just like Right? Nothing is I mean, good right now. <laughs> I sounded so bad yesterday when I was at work. And I think mine's mostly back. I think it's a, there's a little bit there. I started pitches trying to think. When I'm, yeah, I'm I can't go high long. It, I'm stuck Yeah, here. Like it, it cuts out and yeah. stuff. Um, But, yeah. So, well, yeah. But, you know, uh. You and Matt and I all had a lot of fun, so that's what matters. It was a lot of fun. No one can take that away from us. Oh, yeah. No one can take away the fact that I took my fucking shirt off. Yeah, there's there's our one <laughs> F for the episode. You know, I'm, t- I'm taking my shirt off for this. Because um, our buddy Batman left. Well, because Bat- first and foremost, Batman's a bitch. Like, I've, I've never liked Batman as a superhero. But now I, I I don't even like I don't even respect him anymore, right? Because we had a guy taking his shirt off right off the bat in the first quarter, wearing a Batman mask. He's going hard. Everyone's having fun, and then like by halftime, this dude's like slumped over in his chair, like just dead. Yeah. And we lost him for the rest of the game. He was yeah. an awful Batman. Uh, so I try to rally the troops. <laughs> I take my shirt off for the fourth quarter, near the end of the fourth quarter, thinking yeah. this is the boost that the team needs. This right. Is, this right here will change everything. Not mm-hmm. knowing that this is going to head into overtime now, and now I have to sit here for the entirety <laughs> of overtime with my shirt off. Now, see, now we're having a problem. Like things are getting a little chilly, uh, not looking good, and then they end up losing anyways. Like, right. But no one can take that away from us. That's for no. sure. That is absolutely for sure. Um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll jump into the, the three matchup I was looking to watch against for the Bills versus Vikings game. Uh, Bills run defense versus Dalvin Cook. 
they did pretty decent for the most day, except for the one giant run that Dalvin Cook had that was his touchdown. Um, otherwise, I thought they did. The Bills defense did a pretty good job. Uh, Matt Milano was back in the lineup, so him and Trey Edmonds were able to uh, do a pretty decent job at you know keeping the uh, the line of scrimmage you know contained for the most part. You know being able to close up the gaps that that Vikings offensive line opened up uh, on the running plays. And, you know, Dalvin did later in the game, did when the Vikings were making their comeback. And um, there was a couple times where, you know, Dalvin run on the left through a wide open hole, cuts it back up the middle. And, you know, now it's 15 yards until they get him tackled. Like there was obviously some missed opportunities on the Bills run defense, but I thought starting out overall, we didn't let the, the Bills didn't let Dalvin cook or, uh, Alexander Madison just run all over them off the get go. So um, definitely some earned yards, earned yards uh, for Cook. But I, if I had to give the Bills run defense a grade, I'd give him a, a B minus. I think that'd be fair. So I think that's about where they're at. Because I think it was like um, an eighty-yard touchdown run for Dalvin. Yeah, and overall he only had one hundred and fourteen yards. So I mean, right? I mean, it was it was at halftime, and he had like what twenty three yards. That right. Was it. They they shut him down. Like, they except did, for that long job. run, and then maybe right. a couple of clutch like long first down runs in the at the end of the yep. game there. But outside of that, yeah, shut him down. Yeah, for sure. Um. So my second op- my second point here uh, that I was looking to watch uh, during the game was better offensive line play play for the Bills and. You know, Spencer, action, Spencer Brown was back in action, uh, which relieved uh, David Questenberry of his duties at right tackle, which was, I thought, very much needed. Um, I think that's what allowed some of the run game to, you know, pop off a little bit early on in the game. Um, Spencer Brown, I think, is definitely the better right tackle for the Bills. You know, I thought it gave Josh Allen some more time in the pocket. And, you know, I think that's it looked like we were getting back to the offense that we, ex, you know, we saw and he became used to expecting um, early on in the season for the Bills. So it was good to see that. Hopefully we can keep Heat, Hunter Brown and the rest of the offensive line healthy uh, moving forward. But there's definitely some drop off. Not that there is a ton, but there is a noticeable drop off between your um, starting offensive linemen and their, and their backups. Uh, third point uh, that I was in point I was looking to watch here uh, was Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen versus the Young Bills secondary. Um, we it didn't go well. Sure. It didn't go well. We weren't sure at the time of the recording last week um, if Poyer or White would be on the field on Sunday. Turned out neither one of them were on the field. Uh, no clue what is taking Trey White so long to get back on the field, um, but it is time to man up or go on the IR for the rest of the year. In my in my opinion, um, you know, time to put up or shut up kind of situation. Um, and you know, it wasn't so much Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I thought um, against the second this Bill secondary, it was Justin Jefferson and. TJ Hawkinson. TJ had himself a pretty good day. He was all over that place. And I think the Bills forgot that the the Vikings traded for him because it was kind of like, what are we doing? Like, how can we not stop this guy? Like, that was a good pickup for the Vikings. Why did the Lions give them TJ Hawkinson? I don't know. Interdivisional rival? Who knows? But good for the Vikings to get that tight end like that because, uh, that is a that is a weapon that Kirk Cousins needed for sure. I mean, he had seven catches, forty five yards. Thielen still five catches, forty nine, and then mm-hmm. obviously, obviously, Mister Jefferson, ten for one hundred ninety three yards and a touchdown, and uh, probably the catch of the year mixed in there as well. Cat, yeah, catch catch of the year for sure. Um, I think before that happened, I think I thought Diggs had probably the catch of the at least catch of the game, if not catch of the week. Um, 
Man. With his, I just had to go on up, one go in one up. Uh, and what yeah. the heck? What are we doing? And uh, I mean, in that in that play with Justin Jefferson, uh, Cam Lewis did come out and say that you know that was completely on him for not breaking that up. You know, Justin Jefferson Jefferson had one hand on that ball, and Cam had two. Mm-hmm. And if anything, to stop that completion, knock the ball out, right. just punch it out of there break it up so it's not complete and instead Justin Jefferson one-handed it with his massive hands and uh took it to the ground and it was called a reception so <sighs> I mean I remember that play happening and we were up in our 300 level seats like celebrating thinking that got picked off it, yeah and then the announcer comes over caught I number whatever Justin Jefferson first down like wait what did he just say Right. That was a catch. <laughs> We're just yeah. all looking at each other like, what? what do you right. mean he caught that? There's no way. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a uh, that was definitely tough <laughs> for sure. But that's why you know I think Justin Jefferson. I don't know if he would have been this productive if he had the whole dig trade never happened and the Bills ended up drafting him. Um, I don't think he would have been as good as the Buffalo Bill as much as Stefan Diggs has been. Uh, I think he's definitely in the right on the right team for for what it is, you know, to be able to get the most out of his career. So some people are just meant to be with certain people on certain teams and it's, yeah. sometimes it's just destiny that lines up right and now they have their Randy Moss 2.0. Maybe it's a little extreme. I don't know. I've seen a lot of comparisons. I mean, the kid is I mean, very good. I mean, he, yes, he is absolutely very good. Hence why he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, it's always the struggle watching the Bills. Yes. You know, like when you're at the game, it's like they're playing a team that you have someone really good on your fantasy team. And it's like, go, but no, but no, yes, yes, no, like, no. Do I, just I, enough to give you like 20 do. points, but do. not win for the other team. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like you got you to gotta find that fine balance. Like, oh, yeah, right. he, he caught 193 yards for a touchdown, but the Bills still won. Everybody wins. Good right. job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So other points here. Uh, which, cooker, which cook brother was going to have the better game? Was it Dalvin or James? Uh, clearly, it was Dalvin. Yeah, I think um, we all. I don't know. Do I just one. I was a little more surprised the Bills didn't use James Cook the way more because of the other of the situation. Um, my wife did tell me that she she was at home watching the game that they kept going, they kept like cutting over to like our Dalvin and James Cook's family, and the they were like all wearing like. Bills, James Cook jerseys, but then they had like the Vikings pins on the jersey mm. because they were in Buffalo. So they were like they were rooting for the Vikings to score, but wearing a Bills jersey. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird look. Like when yeah, you know Dalvin Cook probably went on that giant run, and they're sitting there right. like cheering, but wearing yep. Buffalo jerseys. Everyone's probably looking at him, going, <laughs> "What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um. Yeah, I just I was more surprised that the Bills didn't use James Cook more than what they did, and you know I think give I think granted you know Devin Singletary had a good start to the game with his two touchdowns and he was he was rocking pretty good. Um, they you know they had Duke Johnson back there for a little bit. They had, I think Naeem Hines was in there as a slot receiver. They just. Didn't use James Cook at all. It seemed like you know. I know. I know there was a couple of plays that he ran the ball, or they you know tried to do the wheel route or a quick screen, and it just wasn't working. So who knows? It's just it's just so sad because just like you said, I mean the run game was strong early on. Right. You know, Devin got the two touchdowns. They were moving the ball well, being you know. Because I think near the end of the game, like the Bills' defense didn't know what was coming next because they were mm-hmm. running the ball well. They were throwing all over the place. You know, they were either going shallow to T- TJ or, you know, deep to Justin. And, like, right. the Bills just 
they they didn't even get forced into being one dimensional. They chose to be one dimensional. Yeah. And it's just bizarre because they don't have to be, as we saw right. with the first half. Like they were able to yep. run the ball, they were able to throw, they were able to do whatever mm-hmm. they wanted. And then they were just like, all right, enough of that. Like, like what, are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. It, I mean, not to like be like, oh, Kai Dorsey's terrible, but like, there's got to be something there. Like, what are you doing, bud? There's a, it's a trend now. I mean, it's been almost the whole season that we've seen this. And it's sometimes, and some weeks it works. Obviously, some weeks, right. Josh Allen just pops off four touchdowns, running the ball all over. They don't need a run game. Mm. But in the weeks that they like needed a run game, especially when you're up 27 to 10, maybe let's just try and run the clock out a little bit here. Let's get mixing a couple of run plays instead of just right. throwing three straight incompletions. You know, that's where you need to have a little bit more game management out of your 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 play caller. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that play, the Bills play caller, uh, my last other point was, uh, would the Bills offense look any different um, with the Josh Allen injury? Uh, luckily, he was able to start Sunday. Uh, didn't seem like he had any issues, any issues with the elbow. Um, something that I pointed out to to you and Matt was the, you know, he was wearing full long sleeve like spandex. That's that was to hide the elbow sleeve that he had uh, head on to help the tendon basically. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, do what you got to do. But I I didn't think his performance was completely hindered by the injury. I thought that. You know, he he did a pretty good job with the, you know, physical therapy and recovery that they focused on during the week to, you know, get him to be able to play. But I think the offense probably should have looked a little bit more different than what it was, but seemed like it was a typical offense for the Bills besides, you know, not being able to do anything in the second half, but so a typical yeah. Bills offense. Technically, yes. <laughs> so everything was uh, par for the course here. Par Injury didn't course. affect nothing, including not being able to score in the second half. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick here, favorite bet was a Diggs anytime score, and unfortunately, Diggs was the only Bills play mark here that didn't uh, touchdown. It's unfortunate. I know the guy behind it is unfortunate. Us a Diggs touchdown too. Yeah, and like they, it it seemed like they were trying for sure, but they just weren't running digs, and it seemed like on the right routes to make it happen. He, he seemed to be more of the distraction piece for other other playmakers, right? That just kind of seemed like what was going on. I mean, he still had twelve catches, one hundred and twenty eight yards. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when it came to scoring plays, I mean they only had mm-hmm. the they had the two rushing touchdowns and then Gabe Davis with the one. Um, yeah. But yeah, just not in the end zone for him. That's all. Just not in the end zone. Okay, let's go to our second loss of the weekend. We had the Seahawks flying out to Germany to face the Buccaneers. I could not watch this game. I could watch bits and pieces, but apparently out in <laughs> Buffalo near the stadium, there's this little thing called reception or service or 5G or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't exist out there, um, apparently. It, it only doesn't exist because the massive amount of people that are in a concentrated area. Well, they all need to leave so I can watch the Seahawks game. <laughs> Come back later. It'll still I be mean, here. I mean, the Bills do have one of the bigger capacity stadiums. It doesn't help me, though. I'm just helping give you a reason as to why it wasn't working. I don't need a reason. I need a solution. A solution. (laughs) (laughs) So I could not watch most of this game. Um, But from what I gathered, Mm -hmm. the Seahawks offense was completely inept for the first three quarters. Uh, Geno Smith just looked – he finally didn't look like – a guy who knew what he was doing. He didn't look like the veteran passer that we've seen. He looked indecisive, uh, could never settle his feet. It's not like the 
the Bucks rush defense, you know, or the you know the pass rush was getting to him. He was just seemed like he was just nervous the whole time, and it was just bizarre. Um, but yeah, he, he's just not very, not very uh, good with, with a lot of his decisions. Although he didn't throw any interceptions, still seventy percent passer, seventy percent completion percentage, but uh, just didn't look like he really knew where he wanted to go with the ball at all times. Um, so they end up losing this one. It was uh, very unfortunate. Leonard Fournette threw an interception, so that was fun. Uh, that's my play of the game there. Treek Wollen with his fifth interception of the season off of a absolutely dreadful play call from the Buccaneers. Uh, some of the points we were looking for here was a secondary versus the heavy passing attack. Not including that. Didn't expect Leonard Fournette to be a part of that passing attack. Um, but yeah, they picked him off. But the issue here was we thought they were going to be throwing the ball a lot more. Uh, I think they only had 258 passing yards still, 22 of 29 passing attempts from Tom Brady. Only 29. That's a season low for Tom Brady because for some reason they were able to lean on the run in this game like a lot. They had the 32nd ranked rushing attack heading into this game, and they ended up running for 161 yards. Rashad White, 22 carries, 105 yards. Leonard Fournette, 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. They pooped on him with the run game, which I guess the Seahawks weren't ready for. I That's the only thing I'll come up with. The Seahawks pl- were planning on a passing attack, and they got ran over. Uh, zero sacks because they were, you know, they couldn't go after Tom Brady even if he did drop back because they weren't ready. Uh, it was just, it was bad. Pretty, pretty bad outing from the defense overall. Uh, Kenneth Walker could get nothing going all day long, although they were playing a very poor Buccaneers uh, rush defense. He only had uh, 10 carries for 17 yards. Absolutely dreadful. That was my second point there, the run defense being able to feast. He absolutely did not feast on on any degree. Um, Third point, Seahawks versus traveling. I mean... I thought they were fine, you know, with the traveling thing, but it almost seems like it almost seemed like they weren't because of just like the slow start on offense. I guess it wasn't even a slow start. It was just a bad game overall until the fourth quarter. So I don't think the traveling was honestly an issue for them. I just don't think they were ready for this game. I don't know if they planned poorly. Uh, I don't know what the issue was uh, for the Seahawks here. Um. My other points, it was the first game in Germany, so we wanted to see what kind of vibes the crowd was going to bring for this one. The crowd was amazing. I think I tweeted it out. Uh, I think that it's time to just cancel the NFL uh, being in America, especially in London. Cancel all the London games. Move them all to Germany. Germany deserves these games after the performance that those fans put on. They were absolutely amazing. Uh, they're say at the end of the game, like before Rashad White basically iced the game with a first down run, they're in the crowd singing country roads for some reason. Like, and they're like screaming it. They're all like in sync, just singing country roads for some reason. It was amazing. Uh, the vibes were high all week. They're handing out, apparently, they're just drinking pitchers of beer in Germany. Uh, yeah. Everyone saw that picture. They're just drinking pitchers of beer for some godforsaken reason. Um, I'm all for it. It's time to cancel football. Uh, Germany has earned the right to uh, have the NFL. It's their it's their league now. That's kind of my opinion. Because I I mean, if yeah, I lived in I Germany, I'd be a very proud German right now after what we what we just accomplished. <laughs> well, yeah. Sounded like there was like fans. Were... Sorry. You seem like you're struggling over there. I, I am struggling. There, like I think because I'm in the basement now and like the new studio area for me. It doesn't seem like it's working. It's it's a little dusty down here. I'm not gonna lie. And uh, I think you sneezed like six times over the course of this segment. I, I at least that <laughs> seems like. <laughs> um, I was I was down here earlier, kind of cleaning up stuff, and probably got. You know, kicked up the dust a oh, little it's bit. All but like, I, I didn't, yeah, but I didn't take my allergy medicine today because, like, as it gets colder, I usually stop taking it to allow my body to like readjust for the winter. And uh, 
Yeah. A little bit less needing crit there, but I feel like I feel like I can feel it going away. So oh, we're, okay. we're we're better we're in better shape now. We're we're back. <laughs> yeah, we are back and ready to roll. Um, that looked rough. I felt bad for you for a minute there. I was like, <laughs> I wow, he looks like he's really struggling. <laughs> because I was trying not to sne- hear you make it so that you heard me sneeze every fucking time. <laughs> um, I was almost to the point of just disabling my camera just to. Step away from. We just got to get out of here. Let's take a breather. Let's just take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a commercial for our toothpick sponsor. There you go. Um, but I don't know if you had seen it or I forget who was talking about. It. I think it was Matt talking about it with us when we were waiting to leave the parking lot. Um, that the the fans didn't want to leave and they just like stayed there and were like singing "Sweet Caroline." Yep. In the stands, like they were just like they were taking every single second that they could be in that stadium and just soaking it in like that Didn't is they like randomly rush the field like an hour after the game was over there were just like have, fans yeah. on the field for like no reason right they're just like hey let's go on the field okay and they just went like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean that just to me that is just like absolutely positive influence um and positive impact that this game could have had uh you know, this is a, this is a step in the next direction, like you said. Like NFL can leave the U.S. and go to Germany and be fine. They'll, they would love it there. Like I'd I'd be so happy for them if they got it. Like if we're canceled. We don't deserve it anymore. <laughs> we could have probably have two teams in Munich. We'll have the Seahawks there and the Bulls go. in Munich. There we go. Uh, I, I saw that there was someone walking around. In Germany, saying like asking people, you know, if Germany had a football team, uh, what would the name be? Uh, and one, they did a couple of different names, and then one person, uh, and one person said the Lions. <laughs> like you'd be like a three-headed lion <laughs> on the jersey, and they're like, "Oh, the Lions already exist." They're like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, there's already the Detroit Lions." They're like, "I'll oh, get rid of them." <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. I was like, everyone. That's what everyone said in the comments. You're like, well. I mean, if you're going to pick a team, I guess that's the one. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, right. <laughs> uh, poor Dan Campbell. Just can't catch a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, Seahawks played like garbage. Uh, they tried coming back. I mean, they only lost 21-16 by, you know, by the end, so they did their best, I guess you could say. Yeah, my neither bets hit, obviously. Seahawks money line, Kenneth Walker anytime score. Just not good. Overall, just absolutely dreadful performance from the Seahawks. From what I saw on Twitter, um, no one had anything positive to say. It just it, every single tweet just seemed like the defense was completely inept. The offense was the worst it's been since probably the 49ers game, um, which brings up the concern that if the Seahawks have to go against a team with a top 10 defense, like not even top five, top 10 defense, um, they're going to have a bad day. That seems to be our trend right now, which is not good if you wanted them to possibly have some kind of playoff appearance. Uh, but I have to look at the rest of their schedule, kind of see just if we just take the trend of playing against top 10 defenses, I could probably predict what the rest of their season is going to look like and whether that might end up looking like a playoff appearance or not. But uh, I did not do that for this episode. Maybe next week. I'll have the bye week to prep myself for that. Uh, but speaking of the bye week for the Seahawks, that's where we're heading for week 11. No game. I don't really know what their plans are. I mean, they're going to head back from Germany and rest up and get a couple of solid days of practice in before they have to face whoever they're facing in week 12. Um, I don't know. There's not really much to discuss with the Hawks heading into the bye week. Right. Like I said before, Geno Smith contract extension is about as exciting as it gets. It's not like they're battling injuries right now. Um, it's just going to be getting ready for week 12. So that's all I got. We're going to be heading into week 11 for the Browns visiting the bills in Buffalo. Yeah, buddy. And the bills are currently eight and a half point favorites. Probably one of the worst lines I've ever seen. Don't ask me how, How? but they apparently are. I'm asking you how. (laughs) I I don't know. Where are you getting that? 
Like, I just went and looked up the scores from last week for the Browns to make sure they weren't on a bye week and they actually did lose. They lost to the Dolphins 39 to 17. That's pretty that is that's pretty that's dreadful. That that was a that's a pretty it's a pretty rough game there. That's not good. So maybe that's why they think the Bills are gonna be eight and a half point favorites. Um I think that's you know good conditioned football is eight and a half points is probably solid. Um I'd be curious to see what the point spread changes to um tomorrow or on Thursday when the episode drops. Um, because I see that going down quite a bit. I I and, uh, would put money on the fact that this game by Sunday is much closer to like five and a half. Yeah. Like, I don't think by Sunday they'll be over a touchdown favorites. There's no way. Yeah, I, I, I uh, wouldn't. I would expect that also for sure. So, my uh, three matchups to watch here for this game coming up um, is the Bills' run defense that I was so worried about last week. Uh, now they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to worry about. Doesn't get easier. Does not get easier Probably at all. <laughs> so, that's uh, I think it's a doable stop for those two. Um I'm hoping this is not the game like they had last year against the Colts where Jonathan Taylor just had himself a day. I'm hoping this is, uh, you know, the big question is here, will the Bills be able to stop Chubb and Hunt and make the Browns lean more on the passing game? Um, you know, Jacoby Percet is getting close to the end of his, uh, his run here while Deshaun Watt Deshaun Watson gets uh, ready to be reinstated into the NFL after suspension. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the Bills can do there for that run defense because they, they got to do something or else this game can get – I think this game could get very well out of hand uh, for sure. So my second point here, uh, something we kind of talked about – the review of the Bills Vikings game. Um you know, and kind of what led to some of those interceptions for Josh Allen, who now leads the league in interceptions, which Ooh. is just fantastic. Ooh. That hurts. I didn't even know that. That, that yeah. kinda hurts. He he now leads the league in interceptions. Um mm. so I just I need to see Josh Allen making more precise throws. I need him to be more crisp with his throws. Um, it seemed like he was throwing behind a little too much or short on some of his throws when we were there on Sunday. And maybe his elbow was a little sore on Sunday. I'll give him that. But I think after another week of rest, we got to see some better throws there, bud. So A little bit better like decision-making. You know that that too. Like, yeah, I don't know because... if like the decision making and the preciseness go hand in hand because, like we said with right. the, the game ceiling interception, like the ball was never even going to make it to Davis in the end zone. There is that because yeah. of the elbow or was that just because he was reading the wrong route? Like what? I don't know which one. I don't know which. If, if someone would have to ask right. him, I don't even know if he would answer honestly. Like was that an elbow thing or was that just a bad read? Maybe it was both. Right. And maybe he just needed that extra week. Like, I don't know. Like, let's make one thing clear for Bills fans here. I think we're both. I, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I saw we saw someone have the audacity to ask, "Do the Bills win this game if Case Keenum plays?" The answer is no. Please go home. <laughs> uh, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but giving Josh that week to rest his uh, his injury might have helped, and the result's still a loss either way. But at least right. he gets that week of rest. Now he doesn't get it, uh, but maybe he'll still be okay. Who knows? Uh, we'll, you know, only time will tell. Yeah, only time will tell. Um, so then instead of the Bills stopping the Cleveland run um an offense you know, I'm, I'm also the third point here is i'm looking for the run game for the bills 
um, against the Cleveland defense because they're going to need it. The Bills need the run game to help them have a better balanced offense to keep them getting to, you know, help them manage the game better. You know, a three and out with all three passes can what run off maybe 25 seconds. Yeah. In in a drive. And instead, you could have three runs that get you maybe a first down or if you're short, um, you know, but then that runs out, that runs off about two, two and a half minutes on a drive because the clock's running. Yeah, that's the big so, difference. And that's why they can't seal these games with big leads. Right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about this one game for the Bills. Um, I think with the way Singletary started out the game, I would hope they would lean back on him again. Um, I thought I thought it was very interesting that they, you know, got Duke Johnson involved a little bit in the offense, getting him on the field. That was um, fun. I had fun with it. That. Was fun. That was yeah, my because part. <laughs> it, it was interesting because like Duke Johnson was taking the kickoff returns, but Naeem Hines was still doing the punts. Mm-hmm. So it's it is very interesting that they're running two different people out there on special teams to handle those returns. Um, so like. You know, they had Duke Johnson out there for, you know, uh, only kickoff returns, but on offense to hopefully distract the defense from what the Bills were trying to do. Um, but also, we haven't seen Naeem Hines run the ball yet. He, he's been there for for passing downs, and that's it. It's almost um, like what – it's almost like the Bills are doing to him what the uh, Urban Meyer era did to Travis Etienne. <laughs> Oh, why did you guys draft yeah. a running back when you have James Robinson? Oh, that's because he's not a running back now. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> like that's what they're doing to Hines. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm I'm assuming this is taking the reps away from James Cook, which I think Naeem Hines is probably the better player right now. Yeah. Um, just gotta use him. Properly. Yeah, I just gotta use him. So, those are my three matchups to watch. Uh, my other points. Um, we'll skip to the second one first. Um, will the Bills receivers do their job? I don't know what it was last weekend, but it seems like Diggs was the only one that was trying hard. Like, yes, Gabe Davis had the touchdown that he was able to turn around and take and get, but I just, and we, and you know, we talked about it at the game on Sunday, but like Gabe Davis just like, if he's not wide open or if the ball's not leading him, he's not getting it. That extra effort to adjust and make a catch or compete for the ball, never there. Right. Like, think about all those four four touchdowns he had against Kansas City last year. They were on slant routes where he had separation or he was wide open and able to just take off. Because no one who, who no one knew who Gabe Davis was at that point in time, right? So they weren't game planning him. He's just running. Yeah. He's just running amok, doing whatever he wants. Yeah. Now they have to. And now like, people are covering him. Yep. He's not flying under the radar anymore. He has to compete. Yeah. Dawson Knox was okay. If you want to throw him into the receivers doing their job, he was okay last week. He, um, I feel like he's not used as off as much in the in the offensive game plan. You know, like like what he could have, what he could be being used as. For a guy um, who just signed a massive extension, you'd like right. to see him used a bit more. A little bit. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's had his his moments. You know, I think he's. I don't think he's there long term for the Bills. I think he's a yeah. fan favorite, but I I just don't see the practicality of keeping him. Um, and then you know Jake Kumaro, I could hope he doesn't. I hope he gets released by the Bills at the end of the year. I just haven't seen good things from him this this year at all. And then the rookie, um, Khalil Shakir, I think he's he's had some moments. I think there needs to be more consistency from him. But I think it's I think there's a potential for heading in the right direction. We didn't really see he wasn't involved much at all this past weekend, so it was kind of hard to see how the progression was going. But 
Maybe he gets the opportunity this weekend. We'll, we'll see. And my last other point, speaking of this weekend, um, we are talking about S-N-O-W. Big S-N-O-W. Big, big snow. Uh, the Buffalo area is currently projected to get up to or over two feet of snow before game time on Sunday. Two feet starting, and ten toes, baby. Starting on this Wednesday in the you know Highmark Stadium area, uh, they are they're planning they're projected to get snow from Wednesday evening all the way through Saturday. So that will be two feet of snow that the Bills will have to clear off the field. Um, they will have no time to clear the stadium. And uh, that is going to be interesting because then they're still calling for another, I think, one to three inches on Sunday during the game. So this could be Snowmageddon. So this, this could be Snowmageddon again. Um, and the Browns and Bills aren't uh, aren't unfamiliar with uh, snow games. I mean, there was the... A game probably, I don't know, 14 years ago, maybe 15 years ago now, um, where it was, they were in Cleveland and the Browns ended up winning six to three. Oh, those are fun games right there. It was a, it was a ground and pound because that's all you could do game. And, uh, you know, the Bills just recently had it, you know, uh, five years ago now. Um, where they were playing the Indianapolis Colts, uh, you know, with a where they, literally fans in the stadium were buried in snow because it snowed that hard in in Orchard Park. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I know there's been a lot of speculation already circulating Twitter that you know, with the Lions being away this weekend, they could always move to the game to Detroit. Don't do it. If because if they're still getting snow on Saturday, um, Saturday is typically used to clean out the stadium and clean the seats off where they usually get volunteers with you know and volunteers get paid or you know get game tickets uh, for the game. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bills do here, um, how they're gonna prep for how they're gonna be able to logistically clear enough snow to get fans into the stadium. And uh, I don't know if the game time will be super snowy, but there's a good chance for it still. So just all that white fluffy stuff. That's what makes for football right there, though. Yeah. Makes football football. Absolutely. So it'll be fun to see. Um, You know, we had some snow during the game this past Sunday, but nothing like what they're expecting over the next handful of days. So. Something to keep an eye on. I know work is going to be a mess for me the next four or five days. Uh, that's, so. that's the next like four or five months, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just starting the next four or five days. Yeah. No, yeah, start just starting up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then favorite bet here because of the snow, which I think what is going to change the point spread and drastically reduce it from eight and a half. Uh, I am taking the under game total of 43 and a half because – if it's anything like I'm thinking it's going to be, it is going to be Singletary and Cook with touchdowns, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I want to double check to see if it's already dropped. I because if if you're listening to this right now on a Thursday, uh, it's probably going to be closer to forty. Like as it keeps snowing, this point total is only going to get lower. Yeah. I think the opening line at 43 and a half is okay just mm-hmm. for the matchup itself. And then with there being snow in the forecast, I think that's a good number. But as it continues to snow and like the books are like, wow, it's still snowing. That's going to go. That's <laughs> going to go down. I would not be shocked if it does keep snowing by Sunday. Uh, like the point totals under 40 wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. You can still put up points in the snow, but it's a lot harder. It is a lot harder. Uh, the grounds crew is going to be busy. Yeah. On the field and in the parking lots. Can't wait. Well, I won't oh, be yeah. there. I'll be I'll be, I'll be at home comfortably this time around, uh, just <laughs> laughing at everyone else being cold. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I mean, that's the show, folks. That's all she wrote. We're going to be uh, hunkering down, getting ready for the snow uh, over here where we are. Hope everyone else stays safe as we start approaching the colder weather. You know, if you don't have the snow tires on yet, you know, get the chains, put the snow brush back in your car, get it out of the garage or the basement, put that back in your car. Uh, you know, times are getting exciting. It's getting cold here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can guarantee you is that you will still have another episode of Fans of the Weast from your hosts, Durf and Dylan, every week, unless we lose power. Then that could that could shake things up, but we're still going to yeah. be doing our best. Yep. Go Hawks. Go Bills. <laughs>